It's always great to be at uh, Cornerstone. And uh, one of the things that I've done, you know, two decades, I want to make it two decades, you know, um, speaking here, is to um, share my life because Christ has been really a part of my journey. And I always want to share what I've learned in Scripture. And as, as I'm processing it through the decades of my life, and uh, giving you thoughts that come from the depths of my heart. I always share about things that are happening in my life, and a lot of things have happened over the last sort of like six weeks. Um, one thing, if you uh, listen to what Pastor Terry said, I've switched over from being a professor of theology for like 10 years back into the pastorate. I'm the pastor of equipping in a church in Palo Alto, uh, close to Mountain View. And uh, that's a really interesting thing. You know, people ask me, well, 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 why did you do this? You know, you had, a, you had a nice job and things like that. I said, well, you know, I'm gonna, I, I just felt the Lord was calling me and leading me this way. And I'm going to explain this because it has a lot to do with the theme of stepping out in faith, you know. So there are exciting things in my life. New job, new job. That's always exciting for people, you know. You get new clothes, you know, so you're on your best and things like that, you know. So it's always exciting, you know. Yeah, ask me a year from now, you know. I'm giving me, yeah, but hopefully the Lord's still exciting. There's also things that have happened this past month that uh, remind me of why I enjoyed the pastorate, and that was speaking to people and, and giving them some direction, wisdom, and counsel. So I had this one person uh, recently came up, and uh, the issue was the person was caught in the midst of a bad relationship and was in the middle of doing something. So the person was not really accurate, I mean, because you know, we're just talking and at my office, and it's like, so, so how long have you been caught up in this bad relationship, in, in this situation and deciding what to do? Uh, they said, oh, a uh, person said three years. We're trying to, I'm trying to decide three years. And I said, oh, that's a, that's a long time, isn't it? said, yeah, the relationship was much longer than that. It's just three years of this, the decision-making. And it's a very different thing. The person came up, because the person's a believer, and said, but if I make this decision, how will I know that God will do this? And so what happens is like the, the person was very hesitant ever to make the final decision of what to do in this bad relationship, you know. I always try to catch up on current... Uh, uh, phrases and current things that people say, trying to make me feel young, okay? So uh, recently my, my, my daughter said, oh, uh, there's this thing called FOMO, fear of missing out. Uh, so people do things because they fear of missing out. And then there's a new one, FOBO. It's, not, it's fear of best option. And that's often very easy. There's so much out there in terms of what you can do, what car you get, what you eat, what to dress, that you're sometimes are fearful of making the decision lest you make not right, make not the best decision. And you don't want to do that. You don't want to regret it. So this FOBO, fear of the best decision. And I felt to myself, I said, well, you know, this person is kind of fearful of that wanting to make a decision that is going to lead to the best option. But there's no guarantee that the decision you make will end up in the thing that you would want your life to be. That's, uh, that, was, that was this tension of this person. But then life has also been sad for me this past six weeks. Very, very burdensome. I don't know, it's very burdensome. It doesn't have to do with me, it has to do with my mother-in-law and my wife's side of the family, my wife's mom. About five weeks ago, she suffered a small stroke and she survived it, 
with minimal side effect, okay? Weak, but no paralysis. In the subsequent testing and like scans of the head, they, they saw two aneurysms, which are sort of like where blood vessels in your brain and they bubble up because it weakened, it's weakened and, and it's very dangerous because they can burst. And there's two of them. And um, well, a month went on, went on and one of them burst. And she went into uh, emergency room and then intensive care. And uh, I drove down to see her with my daughter. My wife had already been down there uh, earlier. And um, she was conscious, speaking to me, uh, but very tired and weak, but could move uh, things uh, slowly. Uh, her faith was very great. I remember her saying to me, God is, God is my strength in the midst of a lying there with a ruptured aneurysm. Well, the doctors had decided that they needed to do some surgery. They needed basically to clip the aneurysm so it would not burst again. And they said there's, uh, there's risk because she's in her 80s and where it is, it, there's risk too. And so to make a long story short, it's only been six days since the operation. She is, for the praise of God, she is alive and not on life support. So she's not on breathing tubes. The burdensome part is that she's not aware. She's not aware. She can open her eyes, but you do not know what she's looking at. And that has been of great burden to my wife and her siblings and to her father. Uh, so much she would say to me, I'm, I'm, I'm emotionally worn. I, I mean, I'm emotionally worn, you know? So tomorrow or Tuesday, the doctors will gather and give advice on what the next step will look like. What does stepping out in faith look like in that? I, I could tell what stepping out in faith in a new job is and making a decision that you do not want to make. But what does, what does walking in faith mean to my wife's family where the prognosis doesn't look good at all? Does your faith have any place in that difficult decision? And it is my belief that it does and that faith plays a major role, and God plays a major role in all three of those scenarios. And when I heard that the theme of Cornerstone would be a step and stepping out in faith, I, 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 I decided I would give this message on uh, the life of Joseph, but the Lord in his, in his unique way has allowed me to see a unique twist in this because I, you know, when I speak, I have to speak through what I experience too. Because what I speak, I have to speak out of the conviction of my heart rather than something I memorized in my head. So we're going to talk about stepping out in faith, stepping out in faith in three different realms, when you can't decide, when it doesn't look really good, and when life is in front of you and, and, and the tables have turned and, and you are sitting on the top. And Lord, hopefully and prayerfully, we'll speak to many of you today. The passage I've chosen is from the book of Genesis. 
and they capture the life of one of the great personages of the Old Testament, Joseph. I've chosen two short passages for the life of Joseph spans over 10 chapters, but it would be too long to read. We first must understand Joseph from where he is coming from. He has a past and he has great baggage. Genesis 37 verses 26 to 28 is a glimpse of that baggage. It reads like this, Judah said to his brothers, what profit is it for us to kill our brother and cover up his blood? You thought you had sibling robbery. Okay. Feel blessed. Okay. When you see the life of Joseph. What is it profit for us to kill our brother? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. Kill two birds with one stone. Get rid of our brother. Make some money on the side. Oh, wow. For here is our brother, our own flesh, so let's make some money. No, let's not kill him. Let's make some money. And his brothers listened to him. Then some Midianite traders passed by, so they pulled him up and lifted Joseph out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. Surprisingly, similar to the price that our Lord was betrayed by Judas. There will be certain unique images of what Joseph actually is going to reveal in the whole narrative of Scripture. Thus, they brought Joseph into Egypt. What is the setting of Joseph? What is his baggage? What is his background? The first thing that we can see in Genesis 37 is that he was a hated person. He was clearly hated. You thought you had it bad. Every brother in your family disliked you, wanted you dead. So bad was the selling of someone into slavery would be later seen in the book of Exodus. You would think, oh, that's a better fate than killing him. Well, you know what? From the eyes of God, selling someone into slavery and murdering someone is equal in penalty. Because if you sold once, captured someone and sold them into slavery, Moses prescribed and demanded that you who sold this person into slavery, captured and sold them into slavery, should be put to death. That's how bad it is in the sight of God, okay? But he was not only hated, there are other chapters between 37 and 45 that we will uh, read later on that reveal some of the other baggage that Joseph experienced. He would later become a servant in the house of Potiphar, a leading person in Egypt. And he would be, he would be seduced by Potiphar's wife. And he would uh, fight off the seduction. But then in the fighting off, the wife would claim that he came onto her. And he was put in prison. So he was not only hated, he was framed for doing what is right. Well, while in prison, he meets some people who were sort of like, you know, low-level, you know, administrators in the Egyptian government. And he, and he gives them wisdom through these visions that he has with the hope that, you know, uh, the promise that when they come out that he will be remembered and freed. Yeah. It comes out what he said. But the, for the longest time, the hope of being freed from prison doesn't occur. So he is not only hated, he is not only framed, he is forgotten. Okay, you have all three. Worst of all sort of scenarios, 
What do you do? What's your hope? All of us have baggage. Perhaps not to the level of Joseph, perhaps close to it. But he is a sort of a, 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 a person that reflects what someone who has faith in God can become, even if they come from a past, come with scars and come with hurts that seemingly sets your life back for years. For God is a changing God and a God that can transform situations, a God that can allow you to step forward in the midst of whatever we come from. Well, we have to fast forward into Genesis 46, I mean 45, verses 4 to 7. And the tables have turned, for Joseph is finally remembered, and he gives great wisdom to the Egyptian pharaoh, and he basically comes CFO, chief financial officer. Finally, tables are turned from hated, uh, framed, forgotten, into, wow, you know, you want it, name it, you got it, this is it. Watch your wildest imagination. And so here it is. Tables have turned, and his brothers come before him. What do you do? Your ghost, the skeleton in the closet, walks through the door. Let's keep with the narrative. Genesis 45, verse 4 to 7, Then Joseph said to his brothers, Please come closer to me. And they came closer, and he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but if, everyone, if you ever met someone and says, Remember me? I'm the one you beat up. <laughs> Remember me? Remember me? You are the one who called me names when I was in grade school. Do you remember me? Do you remember me? Let me refresh your memory, okay? You come to me now because I'm on top of the world, but you don't know who I am, but I know who you are. Okay, usually when someone says that, you want to take a step back. Because the default mode of human beings by nature is that we have a long memory. And there are certain things we can forgive of people, minor, moderate slights. But there's something within human beings that when something this traumatic occurs to you that changes the life, your life for years based upon a hatred selling for profit into slavery, What a great moment for Joseph to balance the scales. It's great, isn't it? Karma. What goes around comes around. I didn't want to do it, but you know karma, you know? Yeah, well, this is the difference. Joseph doesn't live by karma. And he will do something that is so unusual because you can climb out of whatever we are by our own strength to climb out of something. But then what we learn from the life of Joseph 
he is able to see the hand of God open the door and set the table for him. And when you understand the difference of the two, you will begin to understand what it means to step out in faith. Because stepping out of faith is not doing things of your own power and energy and climbing out and clawing your way out. It's the other side that allows you to see the hand of God in the midst of all the baggage and past that have taken years out of your life to see from a different perspective. So he says in verse 4, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into slavery. Now comes the big change. Now do not be grieved or angry with yourselves. That's, that's weird. Do not be grieved or angry with yourselves. <laughs> angry with yourselves? You should be angry with yourself. You should remember what you did for the rest of your life. But I'm going to forgive you. But you're going to have to remember for the rest of your life what you did to me. No, because you sold me here for God, because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. There are three incredible principles that you find here that are sort of transcendent for all times. Do not be grieved or angry with yourself. The first principle that you walk out in faith and step is that in faith, you step out with, uh, by forgiving other people. You forgive people of their injustices to you. This is a great difference maker between those who follow Christ and those who are successful. How does your faith play in? Are you doing things because of achievement and vengeance? to prove yourself better than those who harmed you? Well, not for Joseph. He will forgive them, which is incredibly difficult for that time. If you're going to move out in faith and step out in faith, it must be with the understanding of the tone and heart of God that you step out in the tone of heart of God, and that must always find its center in grace and forgiveness, because that is what Jesus will die on the cross for us. Sure, we all have pasts, things we did not want to experience. So how are you crawling out? What is your motivation? I will tell you, if it is not based upon a grace and forgiveness of those who trespassed against us. You are not stepping out in faith. You are stepping out as everyone else in this world who does not know Christ is stepping out. That is what makes us so unique. That is what makes us so different because we understand the heart and the tone of God and it makes resonates in our heart. And some of us need to forgive people in order to step forward. How can I forgive someone? They really two-time me bad. I'm not saying that you have to trust them or they become your BFF, you know? 
I'm really cool, I know, you know. <laughs> for those who are out of it, BFF is best friends forever. <laughs> no, you don't have to be your BFF. And just forgive them. That's the beginning of stepping out in faith. But there's more than just this initial step, dealing with the baggage of our injustice. I'm going to read that verse 5 again. Do not be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. Here's the second principle. For God sent me before you. What it is as you begin to see your life in God's program, when you step out in faith, you understand that God has a bigger plan for you, bigger purpose. You understand God's greater guidance in your life. That things make sense, that you could finally put the picture, that you finally understand that there was a God who actually took care of you. And that that care encompassed all the baggage. That's like the hardest thing. I just want a God who cares for me with ice cream and cake. <laughs> I don't want a God who cares for me if it includes the baggage. That's not my God. Well, that is my God. Because it is not in the result that you desire at the moment. It is understanding the larger picture of what God is trying to develop in you. Joseph says, I finally, I, I understand. He would say in five chapters later in Genesis chapter 50, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. So much that he understood and appreciated the grandeur of God that the things that he experienced They were not even in contention of being important anymore. It's not just crawling out by your own efforts. It's forgiving people by the grace of God. And it's seeing your life journey in the grander scheme of God. Oh, wow. That puts you in a whole different realm of confidence. Doesn't, it doesn't make you a victim of the moment. But you see something unfolding in front of you. That is what Joseph sees and what he declares. You sold me here to Egypt, but God sent me before you. Oh, wow. To preserve life. Verse 7 Joseph basically reiterates the same thing. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant in the earth and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. For famine has come across the whole earth. And now Joseph, as chief financial officer, had the wisdom to deliver the world from famine. The third principle is this. It's based upon forgiveness. Yes, I'm uh, dealing with our injustice. It's, it's seeing God's greater plan. But the final one is that it's stepping out means to help, eventually help other people. That if you're stepping out of faith means, you know what? I get more for me. 
That's what God is all about. God is for me. No, you're not stepping out in faith in Jeff because one of the hallmarks that you were truly stepping out in the purpose of God is that your life becomes a great benefit to people around you because God is not your personal idol to answer your beckoning call. Always as you step out in faith, it has a greater purpose and it always around, revolves around the people around you. That they are helped. You get those three. It is based upon an understanding of forgiveness and the grace of God. That you begin to see your issues in life part of a greater plan of God and his overriding care for you. And then you step out in faith and actually doing things to help people. That's as good as it gets. I will certify you are stepping out in faith, doing the work of God. Each of us work with different aspects of this our entire life, and then it'll take decades, maybe our entire life, to understand and to come close to this. I'm going to now bring my sermon to an end by dealing with the original illustrations I spoke about. People ask me why I left teaching and I went back in the pastorate. Well, it's very interesting. The church that uh, asked me to consider them was very interesting. It came from the movement in which I was ordained in about 35 years ago. I said, is that a hoot? Isn't that a hoot? Why, why was I go to that church in Texas? 35 years ago. That's a hoot, isn't it? The iconic figure who was the bigger-than-life pastor there who passed away about 30 years ago, he went to the same school that I did, or I went to the same school as he did. Then they came forth with a vision. He said, Jeff, we, you don't need to speak here every Sunday. We want you to equip the Bay Area, train laymen, regular people, throughout the bay for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I finally saw the bigger picture. I finally found out, saw how everything fit together. And on August 1st of this month, I changed jobs. I stepped out in faith. How about that other person, Jeff, who was in a long-term relationship, but the last three years was caught in a decision to do something, but could not do it? What about that? I'll tell you, it's the same thing, but in a slightly different tone, in a different arena. The issue with this person, I was talking to this person because it's an acquaintance of mine, the person wanted to make a decision, but only with the confidence that the end would be what the person, it would be good. Well, how do you know? If you don't know, then why make the decision? So you're caught in indecision because you don't know what the outcome is. Here it is. Sometimes stepping out of faith means you don't know what the outcome is. 
but you have a confidence in the greater God that he is in control of the greater purpose. Are you scared because you don't know? Or do you have confidence in a God that you do know? You see, stepping out of faith means you have a greater confidence, God. And even if you don't know, you cannot guarantee. If you do what is right in the sight of God, and this is hard for me to say because I sometimes still fear. But if you step out in the obedience of God, what do you have to fear? But Jeff is not going to come out. You see, there lies, you're trapped by the moment, phobo, you know? And you are not freed by God. You must look beyond the immediate. What does that have to do with my mother-in-law? I'm in much grief, much burden over this. But my burden is not nearly what my wife's burden is and what our sister's burden is and what our brother's burden is. It's probably 10, 20 times more than mine because it's their mother. And they're all in L.A. now. They're doing vigil. Like I said, in 24 to 48 hours, the doctors are going to tell her what the next step is. And the next step is not good. How it will probably play out is how will they care for their mother who was alive but is not aware. And her mother and father were not people of means. They're renting a small one-bedroom apartment in the Los Angeles area. Okay? So what does it look like? It almost seems like the faith has failed in that. You see, there's the thing. In the long journey of things, faith does not fail, okay? Because God does not fail. But one thing you know about this, you don't know why these things happen. You know that ultimately what stepping out in faith means and looks like, it always results in caring of people. An incredible love you have for people because you have a incredible grace and forgiveness by God. And one thing I know my in-laws and my wife will do, they will care for her, their mother. because that's what stepping out in faith in Christ should always look like. There's no discussion over this. There's no discussion. That's how incredible God is. Look, I don't know where you are in life. 
For some, life is in front of you. Baggage, yes, but the tables are turned. Here's the word. Don't use it for your own selfishness. Forgive. Understand God and to turn around. And then use it to benefit other people. For some caught in indecision, trust God, not in the guarantee of the outcome. Perhaps you face scorched earth, and nothing looks good. Christians have an incredible amount of grace that we give to people, because that is what we, what we are. That is what we are. We are people who have faith, who step out in faith, whether we are on top or whether we are on the bottom. Because that is what we are. Allow me to pray for you, my friends. And after the prayer will come a final song and the collection of offering. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I pray for these, my friends. Wherever we are in life, may our faith be vibrant. May it be based upon a grace and a faith in you and a confidence in you. From beginning to end, from being on the top or being on the bottom, allow us all to step out in faith to reflect the grace that you have given to us, to reflect the confidence we have in you, sealed on the cross when Jesus died for us. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.